Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. They might talk about humor, music, film, books, football, and box sets, exercise, and maybe even food. Trivia and sports, politics and health, sometimes well-being too. On the life with Brian. Of the life with Brian. Hello and welcome to Life with Brian. It's Mark here again with Matthew Christ. Hello, Matthew. Hello, Mark. Hello, everybody. Uh, and of course, I've got Brian McClare with me. Uh, how are you doing, Brian? Mark. Hello, Matthew. I am in the fine, fine condition. Good. Not as good as our guest, man. Good condition. Yeah. Well, speaking of our special guest, this time we are joined by Manchester Music Royalty and its bass player for the Stone Roses and Primal Scream. It's none other than Manny. Manny, how are you? Thank you. Good to be here, mate. Yeah. Um, Brian, what's been on your mind or what have you been up to since we were together last? I was reading um, in The Guardian uh, an article by uh, some writers and some musicians uh, who was asked to choose the favourite book about music and one that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to buy that uh, struck me was um, it's called Hello Sausages which is the uh, which is by um, Jemima Jury who's uh, the daughter of Ian Jury so and it's most of his lyrics uh, that uh, most of his lyrics in book form that uh, led me to to a nice little connection for me in that in 1978, at the age of 14, with my first of my pocket money, uh, I ventured to the local um, local establishment. We could purchase some records. I'm not sure if it was uh, Woolworths or WH Smiths. Uh, waited for the, uh, the punks and rockers to uh, to clear out the way so I could have a, a quick a look at the singles, and I bought two singles 
one of which um, I'm going to say it was my first single, and that was uh, Hit Me With Your Rhythm Stick by Dewey. But it wasn't that that I was really buying it for. I was buying it for the B-side. And I think that this applies to all four of us. The does anybody know the B-side is? Razzle in my pocket. It's the B-side is, there ain't half been some clever bastards. Oh. That's the B-side. So, Manny, can you remember? I can't your remember. First... I can remember the first record. Oh, no, no, I'll just give one more thing. It cost me 79 pence. Very good. Back in the day. You've been considerably older than me, of course. We probably bought some, yeah, something by Sweet or Slade or T-Rex or something like that. It was actually uh, the Genie or Pajama Rama by Rocks Music and Bowie, you know, about the same time, 1972-ish. Mm. Yeah. Old. What about you, Matthew? What's your first single uh, that you um, bought? Well, this is going to say, this says a lot about my life. The first single I bought was the uh, theme tune to the... <laughs> 1986 Mexico World Cup, Aztec gold. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, once a geek, always a geek. In fact, I'm still doing this today. Sort of, uh, I think that says a lot about my, uh, wasn't, my life, doesn't it? Wasn't that written by the guy who also originally wrote God Gave Rock and Roll to You? Yeah, was it not uh, Rod Argent or somebody like that? Or was yeah, it? I think that's yeah. him, yeah. That's right. Because he did, I think he did, the, he definitely did the the Italy 90 World Cup theme tune as right. well. So uh, he was, he obviously had a bit of a penchant for uh, World Cup theme tunes. So um, I hope mm. my £1.99, you know, went, went to, into his coffers. Um, you know, I was obviously, it's obviously inflation. It was a little bit more than what uh, Brian had paid with his 79p, although he's probably still paying that off in instalments, knowing Brian. But, <laughs> uh, but what about, what about you? Uh, well, you know that my um, my music history is somewhat checkered. And before I got into the likes of the Stone Roses and um, Oasis and all these other bands in the, the late 80s and 90s, you know that my first gig was uh, Wet, Wet, Wet. Um, my first single when I was... <laughs> don't laugh, Manny. My first single when I was eight years old was Uptown Girl by Billy Joel. I don't, I've no idea what it cost, but I beg, I beg my mother to take me to Woolworths and buy it. So, you know, it's a classic pop track, isn't it? That's my defence. Yeah, no complaints with that. Brian's laughing. I mean, anything to add to that, Brian? I'll say that Matt laughed at my trying to be polite and not laugh. <laughs> That's your defence, mate. You're banged up, man. <laughs> Manny, so, you, you're um, noted for uh, in the music business is probably one of the most fervent football fans, uh, and your uh, adoration in particular for. Manchester United, and also for Celtic. I don't think there's so many people are, are aware of that kind of thing because you um, have always described yourself as a as a, a an Irish Mike. So your first game, your best game, and the last game you were uh, fortunate enough to attend. Right, I can remember the, the first game I ever went to was actually a reserve match uh, with my dad. So at about five or six, saw Georgie play. Best game I've ever been to, for numerous uh, reasons, would be the uh, the two-minute hammering of Bayern Munich in Barcelona that night. Fucking unbelievable, man. And uh, the last game I went to was probably quite some time ago, because since my two Waynes have come, I've not really had much football time. The last game I did go to, I'll tell you now, uh, Ajax UEFA Cup final, Stockholm. Yeah, I was at, uh, that was good as well. Yep. That was a 
It was a good event. Yeah, I totally enjoyed it. And tomorrow I'm going to miss my first ever final, Brian, in my lifetime because of this bloody pandemic, man, you know. Oh, you know, of course you can't go to the game, man. Yeah. But, so you would be going to Gdansk if it was in normal circumstances? Well, I would be going because of let well answer anyway, but I'm going to have a pint and, and say goodbye to the dead and say hello to the Solidarność, birth of the movement, you know. Yeah. Uh, talking to talking to your love of the Reds, Manny. I mean, who who was it that you know when you first got into football? Who were your your idols growing up? You know, I mean, obviously before Brian signed for United, this is. Uh, I mean, you, you mentioned Best there, but was it that era? Was it the sort of late sixties, early seventies? That's when I was first real conscious of them. I'd like to a little story for you there now. We come from a bunch of fanatical United people by family, so much so that my father wanted to call me Matthew Busby Manfield, man. I mean, my mum's to put the guy boss right on that, you know. But my my era would have been the Tommy Dockett era, and he used to love Gordon Hill and Steve Coppel and that wing play, you know, and Pancho Pierce and banging him in. So that's when I used to go. I used to get the one bus from near me, and it cost 2p on the bus. And I used to take my, bro my little brother down, he's three years younger than me, and sit him on the railings at the front with his wagon wheel and his Kiora and standing on the uh, the Stratford just there uh, behind the barricades there, uh, watching Tommy Dock's boys, you know. Yeah, the popular. Gordon McQueen and what have you, you know, who's subsequently become a bit of a friend and good, happy days, you know. Yeah. We're talking to friends, being friends with um, United Legends. I mean, how, does, how did you two get to know each other? How did you get to know Chucky? I don't know. Chucky might have been through Pete Boyle, possibly, or I used to meet you, see him at airports, various airports in states of inebriation when he was off, off away with the kids and I was off away on the last with the with the fans, you know, and I always knew about Brian's love for music and he's a good trade unionist lad as well, so that puts him right into my demographic of people who are freaking hunky dory you know. Brian, can you remember this uh, relationship? Blossoming? I remember the great event in that uh, when, when Manny was... Um, in the screen one day we met in the uh, before the gig in the Palace Hotel. Uh, me and you, uh, Amelda was there, there was a few other people. And it was quite, it was, I think it was the first time I've ever met any musician before the gig, you know, which is kind of strange because you usually think it's the same, do the same thing as we did, that you, you could have totally concentrated on the game and everything was kept at, at arm's length, you know, and that they, you've got to turn to work. Well, what the the, the great thing about that is that somebody had, um, one of your mates had brought along the NME and there was a review in that of the Primal Screen gig, I think at Barrowlands a few nights before and uh, you got a, a wonderful review in it about the Primal Screen, but you were the one that was the driving force behind it and you were the one that uh, made this such a wonderful gig. Uh, and at which point you said, I have no recollection of that gig whatsoever because I think it might have been in the Saracen's Head across the road from it before him a couple of agons, you know so what I loved about that was the ability to perform yeah, like like that critic had said amazingly well and then um, uh, after having a couple of drinks and then we went we were in the, another thing as well we, we, was, we were in the dressing room beforehand uh, also in the kind of got ushered out when there were certain things that were happening in there and then we were standing behind you so it was, it was in the Ritz and we were standing up behind which was an incredible kind of view and then later on I remember I can't say it was a conversation but the, the me and Bears were standing uh, face to face clearly quite pleased to, to be in each other's company 
I have no idea what he was saying, and I'm quite confident that he had no idea what I was saying either. At which point I thought eh, it's time to go home. So that was my that's my first revelation. <laughs> the international language of Bevy, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> involved, yeah. So with this, say that was a prerequisite with meeting up with people and uh, quaffing as much as you could before going on stage with them. <laughs> you know, uh, there's been certain gigs in the banners where I could not bloody stand up and I've been in Baird's bar next door with old Sammy had me uh, fired a whiskey in him and I couldn't stand man my first gig in, in Glasgow with this claimant it was being recorded for some BBC radio show so subsequently I was that crap I had to go back to the BBC studios and fucking re-record it on my own with all the lads <laughs> laughing at me through the <laughs> glass as I've had to play along with with the backing track that they'd recorded shame on me <laughs> So was this friendship you had, did, did, did this develop after you'd finished playing, Brian, or was when, it was when you were... Well, um, um, then that would be... No, I was, I was still playing then. Yeah. It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't two days before the game and all that, the kind of scream gig, I was still a player, yeah. yeah. It, was the, it was the end of my career, but it was... Because yeah. I was thinking, you know, your, your music, Manny, you know, with the Roses are sort of synonymous with United fans in that sort of early, early 90s, late 80s, early 90s era, you know, I mean, that must have been... That must have been a bit of a kick for you, you know, to be to be such a big red and and to, and your music's almost like a soundtrack to a lot of United fans' lives, isn't it? Do you know the the, the good thing of it is is uh, every time the team comes out, they come out to this is the one which is and I always think in my mind, well, there's another thirty-seven and a half B going into Squire Brown's pockets, man. But it's <laughs> nice, uh, it's a nice thing, a nice tie-in, you know, for a absolutely manic United fan to. To have that, and also then to hear him singing, I want to be Edward on the uh, on the tennises at uh, Celtic as well is another very proud moment. Yeah. The, the the United ones down to me, so that thirty-seven and a half pence that both of them got, they owe me down to that because there, were, there was a we used to come out to uh, Tina Turner, didn't they? Yes, simply the best. I hate it. I hate that song. It just yeah. can't. No, so uh, we were, we were look, they were looking to change it, and the the Fergie wanted something like uh, a song by Matt Monroe or one of the other crooners, and I, you can't be coming out to, you know, something like that from Frank Sinatra or, or Matt Monroe. But he was, he was really serious. He wasn't taking the piss. He was serious, and I, and I, I think I just said to the listen, this is a perfect song for us to come out to. This is a one, and that's. Been, that's been the same uh, for for all that period of time. So that's probably my best, uh, the best thing that I've ever achieved in my career. <laughs> so once again, Fergie uh, listens to McLear, right? Wouldn't be the. Uh... I didn't listen to me. I just just told him. I just said that the man. I think I mean I just said, you know, the manager said it was all right. Assuming that by the time that he found out that that where it come from. Yeah, it would all be set, you know. So by the time we'd found out, it was already being played a few times, and it, it clearly had gone down well with the, the supporters and um, and, the, and the players were inspired by it. So yeah. I think it was the right choice. Manny, uh, could we be about to see another Stone Roses reunion? Um, I say that because I read that you were asked once uh, when would the band get back together? And you said that would be when Manchester City won the Champions League. Well, you might have to make good on that soon enough. Ah, mate. <laughs> I don't see it, mate. I'm listen, I'll have my Chelsea blue on uh, Saturday night. 
I don't want them mofos getting their sticky mitts on our trophy, man. No way. Well, is, that, is that just purely because you don't want to do the reunion or because you don't want them to win the trophy? Oh, both. I'm always up for playing music, but if City win that cup, I'm afraid I'm off to Papua New Guinea with Gary Neville, man. I'm going to open a bar. <laughs> um, well, I, I read that um, it's only Rennie from the from the Roses who's a City fan, um, but obviously there's yourself. Um, and, I, and I read that Ian Brown's a Red, but he reckoned he'd never met a more United mad fan than yourself. So amongst the Stone Roses and the Primal Scream, um, uh, and any other famous musicians that you've come across, is there anybody that you think has got an even bigger interest in football than yourself? Well, no, Gallagher seems to be uh, properly piled up with uh, Pep at the minute, and you know, he's in the dressing rooms and stuff like that, and he's, he's buzzing with that. You know, City have been so rubbish for so many years, and much as I hate them with a passion, you can't begrudge the fact that they're a wonderful team and he's a great manager, and... You know, it's not, they've been funded and you can't say they bought it because there's been a plan in place there and I think they've, uh, they've rigidly stuck to it. They've got the people they want. The business is good behind the scenes. And I've half my mates are blue. Manchester, Brian will tell you, Manchester's very half and half. You're dependent on area and you sort of get sick of 40 years of rubbing your mates' noses in it, you know. So I don't begrudge them a little bit of success, but I just don't want them to have this trophy, you know. I think that can be uh, supported by everybody that's a red, yeah, and maybe several other that support other teams as well. Yeah, so um, I don't particularly want Chelsea to win it either. Oh, in the semi-finals, I was my loyalties were with the both teams that they were playing against. So lesser, lesser of the two because that Chelsea have already had their hands on the other mitts on the trophies. Yeah. Manny said that'll be the least of the. Of the two. Uh, you mentioned being mates with Blues, Manny. I mean, is there any part of you that kind of has any sympathy? You know, I mean, obviously, when United were going through that brilliant spell in the 90s, yeah, they were pretty much at the bottom end of the, you know, the spectrum. I mean, do you have any sympathy with the, the, your mates that now might be going through this sort of glory period, or do you just completely think now? I didn't now? have any sympathy for them whatsoever. I, I can remember the last game of the season once, and uh, Noel Gallagher's uh, one of his busy mates. Smithy used to live in my gaff, and I've come back. I think we've done some gig with the scream, and I've come back. It's the last game of the season when City needed to win, but had other teams to do stuff to stop them going down into the the second division, the old second division. Anyhow, I come back and, and I've seen Smithy's faces. He just fell on the on the verge of tears. I said, "What's happened? How would you go on?" So we won something like six one or something. I went, "Yeah, nice one." I said, "No, everyone else won as well. We're down." <laughs> I just absolutely wet my pants. I want a dry seat in the house. <laughs> City have got form for that the last game of the season. Do you remember that 96 season when the day United won the league up at Middlesbrough and you were probably playing in that, Brian? And then City had Liverpool at home and uh, thought that a draw would be enough to keep them up and it wouldn't. It ended up not being enough and uh, and they got relegated that day. So, yeah, there's always those sort of famous uh, calamitous collapses for City fans. Is that not the we- day when uh, Oasis played at Main Road? Because that seems to ring a bell with me because we was absolutely shit faced drunk at the Oasis gig. And uh, I can remember, I think the lift doors opening somewhere. And I think it was Pally and Lee Sharp and Kingsley come spilling out of this lift. And I think I was stood there urinating on the city uh, carpet <laughs> with a still logo on it, which Kingsley got <laughs> big laughs about. He's like, oh, we have managed that to get here. <laughs> Welcome to Manchester, boys. And you can see I'm no clue. 
I'd have to check up on the facts of that, but that just... No, no, to forget the facts about the thing, the, the, the story about you peeing on the cap has got to be true. That's all that matters. I definitely did that. I, I, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> it, needed, it needed washing anyway. It's a, <laughs> a, a bit dusty, there'd not be much footfall on it. So. <laughs> you were younger, man, you played a bit of football. What position did you play? I was a right winger. Yeah. And did you play with anybody that ever became or play with or against anybody that did anything in, in life yeah. at all apart from yourself? No, there was well, there was a, uh, a lad called Darren McDonough who ended up playing oh, for play them, yeah. City Youth. Uh, he was on the, the, the rival team from the area. Played for Luton. Darren McFootball. We ended up at Luton, but he went via Newcastle. Oldham, he was a legend at Oldham Athletic. And, he was a good player. And yeah. I think it was probably... It, I remember there was once a Granada TV programme uh, about him and Mickey Phelan coming up when they were probably both the same, similar age. And yeah, he was the only one who ever really was dedicated enough to to follow it through with his talent. You know, most other people who were great football players just ended up drifting off into robbing banks or <laughs> knocking nefarious substances out like everyone else, you know. What about any other... Anybody else you played with or against that did anything in life? Lots, lots of other people have, have uh, become very notorious um, blackers and stuff like that, yeah. you know. But it's just that a lot of kids who you know, have made it into the, into the bands, like Clint Boone and all that was a good mate. He used to play pub bands with him years ago. And, you know, uh, people did, there's been a lot of success from. From the, from the schemey gangs, and they've all done very well in what they've chosen to do, you know, because they're quite single-minded about what they're, what they're chasing, you know, whether it be as an artist or music or what. Did you not play with Liam Gallagher or Noel Gallagher? Because you not play with one of them as well? Uh, I've, I've, done, I've done bits of stuff and I'll just be messing no, around with football. them. Did you not play football with them? No. no. I think Noel's got three left feet. He, he couldn't... <laughs> <laughs> Liam played at Croke Park, didn't he, in the GA? Actually, I did play uh, in a charity game with Liam, was a right goal angle. He was a good goal pouch and he scored a few. Me and Gwigsy were setting him up. We took them in field by the scruff of the neck. But no, he's mm. quite useful, you know. What's your, what's your favourite instrument? The bass guitar or the tambourine? <laughs> it's got to be the bass. <laughs> I can just take it. I can blow into that and get a note out of it. I can't do that with a tambourine, man. But you have played tambourine. I've played tambourine with a few people have dragged me up. Weller, for example, always says, Yeah, oh, you little bastard, get out and get something going with it. And he, so I've done that a few times. I've probably done a bit with you at your leaving day with United dinner. Or you might even have had me yeah, up and it. there. Yeah, well, that was sit down by James. We were doing a bit of that. It would. I, I, I generally clear, clear the bomb when I open my grab to uh, bash a tune out. You've also, uh, you've also, well, I don't know if this is right or not, because I'm always um, suspicious of things about that, that I see you on uh, the Tinter web. But you, is it true you've got a, a, a poncho on and a passion for arras or darts, as it's known? Do you know? I, I, think I don't I, mean the music. I don't mean the music. I don't know what you know where where that's come from. But I always have a, a wry chuckle on that one because. I think it's one of my red herrings. I just threw out oh, to be one day. Yeah, but you've chosen you've chosen a song to come out to. Oh, I, you don't remember that? I was probably just having someone bang at it, Brian. There, I think well, you said uh, you the song you chose right to come out to when they come out now in the, the fanfare. I quite enjoy that when I did that. When it's when there was people look, there was a crowd and all. I've never been, but 
I think it would be an, an excellent experience. And you chose Never Had Nothing. Oh, Paddy Angelic Upstarts. Correct, yeah. That, so with that... That'd be on my so, funeral type, Brian. Right. Now, well, I was listening to earlier. It's very good. Uh, the With that in mind, what I thought about for a question for all of us would be, what would be your dart's name? Now, you can't have Manny, because a lot of them are just called, like, the shortened versions of their own name. One I particularly liked was one of them's called um, Frosty the Throwman. Right? So while you're having a little think about what your name is going, I'll tell you what mine would be, right? Mine would be Monster. And the reason why it would be Monster is that I was in a players' lounge as when I was playing, and uh, after the game against Aston Villa at Old Trafford, Nigel Kennedy came into the players' lounge, and nobody knew who he was apart from me. Right. Everybody else thought he was just some kind of freak with his hair and his his clobber, right? And he came right over to me, and he's and he's a southern accent accent, and just pointed to me and went, "Monster Striker." So my dad's name would be Monster. That fit <laughs> with that beard as well, man. <laughs> <laughs> like the honey monster at the minute. <laughs> That's it, trimmed as well. No, that's Steve Braves. <laughs> <laughs> so Mark, have you got a, a, a dart name there, or even a tune? Maybe you might want to come on to. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna pinch the um, the pool name that you gave me in um, oh, Minnesota, yeah. in, in America, in um, famously known as Minnesota now. Um, after Brian accused me of hustling him on the. Um, pool table in Houston, even though it was the other way around. I mean, I can't even remember what that, why, where Minnesota came from. You mean, where does it come from? It was, yeah. It, was, I mean, it comes from the hustle. Yeah, so that's why you call me that. So, yeah. So I, Minnesota facts. Minnesota facts. Yeah. So well, I, I obviously became Minnesota Slim. So I'm going to, I'm probably because I play darts the same way as I do pool or snooker, I'm going to call myself Minnesota Matthew Christ. There you go. Excellent. You got one, Matt? Uh, well, I've got two. Um, I'm going to go for the arrow from Jarrow, which would require me moving 10 miles down the road. Um, <laughs> or or because, I'm, because I've got a very arrow closely cropped haircut. Yeah, it could be. I, the, my other one, because of the closely cropped hair, what remains of it, what about stubble top? Oh, superb. You... Are you sure you didn't tip him off with this, Brian, and, and, get, and tell him last night that we were playing this game? Because that's two great answers for someone that's had 30 seconds to think about this. Uh, you've got to duck and weave. Think on your feet. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Manny, how did you feel when you found out there was a, as, as going to be a sports shoe by a major German manufacturer named after you or have your moniker on the side? Was it something that uh, when you were like 13 or 14 you dreamt upon when you were wearing your sambas? I've always been an Adidas boy, Brian, and and Gary, who does the special thing at Adidas, he, he says, oh, yeah, I've done an Aaron Brown one. I said, well, if you used to wear Adidas, what have you got a pair of Doc Martens with these stripes sewn on them there? <laughs> so it's, it, it's done this, uh, like a, a walking shoe, strong trainer, and they're all right, you know. I've got them boxed up, but I'll save them for the kids when they're old enough. So this is when your dad was worth somebody, he had a shoe named after them. What kind of an epitaph is that, man? Is there never a Puma McLaren yeah, in the uh, manufacturer's table, Brian? Being a being a, a Puma man as you were, I mean, they never uh, they were never going to name a boot after you, no. No, well, if they had been, no, I'd, I'd, have, I'd have obviously been the first in the queue to buy it had there been, but uh, probably just as well there wasn't. Man needs no shoe naming after him. He's good at sticking the ball to that. That's good. That's good enough to name anything that. But yeah, you 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 wear these shoes then these. East specials. Who me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you wear them? These E specials. I, I, <laughs> the E, yeah. That would that would be my darts name, probably. <laughs> <laughs> the Minister of Ecstasy. <laughs> Not any more my leg would fall off. <laughs> just did one thing about your other uh, you might have been making this up as well, but I've seen a picture of you about um, about uh, angling or fishing. Oh, love it. Love the fishing, man. Right, okay. So what, I want to know what your favourite bait is for catching rainbow trout and are you going to take me fishing? Because I've got a friend who's got a, a trout pond in Mobley. Oh, ah, yeah, Clay Lane. Yeah. yeah. I know it. Do you know what? Rainbow trout, you'd use a nice orange blob or a, a damsel. I'd fish a damsel on that, you know. Not, not maggots. No, I like a bit of fluff chucking these days, Brian. I've, I've moved into the, the echelons of the Gentile set, you know, a bit of fly fishing now. Oh, well, you can't do fly fishing on a trout pond. So I do that. I do that. I do it anywhere, man. You can catch all sorts on it. I quite enjoy getting out and just, just emptying your head and just getting getting communing with nature, Brian. It's great. I've, never, I've never been fishing, man, you know, right. so, so you'll take me It's a good excuse to just go to the pub after as well, usually. But. <laughs> I thought that's why you played golf. Well, <laughs> you started taking up yeah, all those other, particip- yeah, other things to participate in so you can go, yeah, there's anything. I'm going fishing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. For a run. You've actually started, you have actually started playing darts, haven't you, now? <laughs> well, there's a dart board in, most, in, in, the, in the room of most pubs, but... <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like Mr Magoo, Brian. I couldn't hit the board from two inches away, man. Honestly, my eyesight's shocking. Even with those small glasses you've got on? Hey, buddy Ollie's on, man, yeah. Do you, have to, you don't have to wear... You're not going to start wearing them on stage now, are you? Oh, no. No, no. 
You're, you're image to think about, haven't you? Yeah, well, listen, it's, I don't know. I don't see me being on stage anytime soon, to be fair. But you never I, know. Uh, I saw that. I, I saw you come out with a wonderful little phrase back in the day when somebody asked you about uh, when um, uh, when this had been the Roses time, when, when Manchester uh, is, or when Manchester, whatever you want to call it, uh, ended at this particular moment. And the... Uh, the interviewer was saying it would all, if it was a fad, it only lasted a couple of days. And you and your, um, your usually humorous and uh, thoughtful way said, first of all, well, you, you didn't give a shit about that because clearly you'd enjoyed that moment up to then. And if it had to end, then you'd go and do something else. But what you described as you would go on to do was ambient skiffle. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, don't, I can't say that catching on Brian either. Oh, but... I thought I was wondering if that's what you were playing with free bass. <laughs> I was playing to fill Oki's wallet up, probably more than likely. But no, that was see, that was just when you left with a bit of time on your hands and you're bored and you misses once you to just go to kick on and do something for Christ's sake. So we was all at a loose end, me, him, and Rocky. So we just decided to walk up a few times and just bash a few things down and then. Hooky constructed it into a kind of LP. It was just like, oh, I didn't see that coming. He was only having a grin. But that was good for good for a laugh anyways, you know, got us out of the house. Pretty unique, isn't it, to have uh, three bass players, or three so famous I was bass players. That was just quite, quite strange, you know. And then it became two because Rocky moved to New York, and then it became one because I just couldn't be asked and the scream started work again, and I left Hooky with it. <laughs> but I was good, good for the grin. Yeah, so I always uh, every time I see Peter Ducky, I always says, "How's the world's second bass player going on?" And I always say, "I don't know, Pete. How are you?" You know, so there's a, a nice bit of rivalry there between us all, man. Yeah, well, I was, I was fortunate enough to be at that event you had in the Salford Labs Club a few years ago when you were actually interviewing Hooky. Really, you were supposed to be answering some questions, but you were uh, you were uh, you sat in the fence quite a lot. You probably still got those splinters in your ass from not answering any of those questions. I didn't want to embarrass him in front of the world, you know. Yeah, but he, he was uh, he was he was very good and very open with the answers he gave to the well constructed sentences and uh, questions that you had for him. Uh, I thought that was a, a terrific night, you know, for a good cause as well. So I've nice. grown up as a fan of, of Joy Division and, and New Order, so. It's an honour to have him as a friend as well, you know, he's a lovely fella, Pete. And uh, obviously you've got to have nothing but admiration for what he's done. You know, he's done, he's, he's made, uh, he's got his, his, his own thing. It's, you know, no one else does it like him, you know. Timmy Two-String, I call him, because he only plays two of them, doesn't he? He has got loads of dust on him. <laughs> <laughs> Right, Chucky, you're the music guru of this podcast, uh, and seeing as though we have an icon of British music on the show, we've come up with one of our little quizzes for you, which we're calling The Hardest Thing in the World. Obviously, you can see what I did there. Manny famously plays bass for the Stone Roses and Primal Scream, two bands you like. But you have to tell us which one wrote the following lyrics, and there will be a bonus point if you can name the song. There's going to be five songs, and Manny, you can join in if you want to. Um, We'll be expecting top marks. So first up... Here it is. As I stare, an oil wheel comes sailing by and I feel like growing fins and falling in with the bricks, the bikes, the rusty tin. 
Yeah, is that the roses or primal screen, Brian? Uh, I'll go for the roses. I'll go for the roses. The roses, yeah, very good. Any idea what the song is? No. So it was just a lucky guess then, basically, wasn't it? Again. Yeah. Um, for a second. More of a practice, the luckier I get. Yeah, yeah, just like the last two quizzes we've done now. Manny, put us so, out of our misery. Song, yeah, no, it's that's music paradise all day long, that isn't it? One of my favourite roses tunes. Yeah, it is spot on. Great, uh, great lyric, Matt. Okay, Matthew, well, we give Brian the we give Brian the benefit of the doubt. So that's one out of one. So the ser- oh, second no. lyric. Can you stop now? No, no, half past six. No, no. Where the top you game? Can't, <laughs> can't see anybody. <laughs> so the second lyric. Stop recording. Hang on. <laughs> so the second lyric, and for as far as I can see. Ten twisted grills grin back Front at me. Do you want me to finish? Seven story love song or something like that. Twelve story love song. Love song. Story love song. So, so you yeah. So you're saying Stone Roses, yeah, which yeah. you're right on, and you're saying the name of the song is Seven Story, Eight Story Love Song. Well, you see, maybe you should have let me finish the quote, but uh, you're wrong, Manny. Do you want to? Do you want to correct him? Yeah, that's Major Stone. All right, you can redeem yourself. Hey, what? You've got a record player in your house. Oh, mate, I've got a vinyl collection that you won't believe. I've, I've, I've got a lot here, man. Yeah, I, I always play the tunes. Excellent. I'd love to hear that. Yeah. I know you're you a DJ. I don't know if you're a record player, though. Oh, man, no, I have uh, packages coming from Discogs every day or two, you know. Excellent. You, you've got a pretty healthy record collection, Brian, haven't you? How many um, yeah. records have you got stashed away? Many albums have we got? I don't know. Hundreds? Thousands? Mm, yeah, altogether over a thousand, yeah. Yeah, not, not quite as many as Pat Nevin then, no? No, but see, Pat's friendly with people in the music industry. Like, uh, it's like his best mate is the manager who runs a label, so he gets it all for now. I've got to pay for it, you know. I've got to do some grafting, you know. Yeah. And, Cash to go up. Nowadays, vinyl is just ridiculously expensive. I liked it a few years ago before um, the, the charity shops clock, clocked on to how much vinyl could be worth. We used to get some bargains. And then I think it was, it might have been Oxfam were the first shop to, to get someone who's, or somebody told Oxfam or they, 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 somebody's working said, by the way, these you're letting these go for uh, very little money. These are worth a lot. I mean, quite soon that that. That one pound, two pound bargain was it was as much as one hundred, hundred pound not bargain. <laughs> so, but it sounds a lot for me still because I don't know whether it's just because I'm I'm um, biased because I first started collecting music on vinyl. Uh, I think it sounds better than, than any other form of or recorded form apart from live uh, music. So um, I would I've been recently over the last couple of years starting to buy a few more uh, albums um, but uh, they're the minimum well it's 30 quid in it right away compared to my 79 pence for the singles so you still got that that injury single as part of the collection same very same one yeah yeah it's in the picture sleeve yeah okay and let's see if you can redeem yourself with this third lyric mark if you've got that wasn't the, that wasn't the start. You're just making up the rules as you go. No, no, no. Come on, well, you, 
in fairness, you in fairness, you're two out of two. You well, just well, you make up the rules as we went along. Pool as well, yeah. I'll stuck it out and make the rules up. Yeah. Come on then, Mark. Let's go have the third one and see if he can uh, guess this one correctly. Right. It's a scratching like a tomcat, got a monkey on my back. I'm going to push and pull and howl like a wolf and drive my Cadillac. Well, that's Primal Scream. I can't tell you which the song is. You can't give us half an answer. Come on. No, you just said. Yeah, that's a guess, but we'll give you we'll give you that. So that's a guess. So you're actually three out of three. Yes. So, uh, that's well, if you, if, if you know the song... And you know the band, surely you can name us what the song is. Child, do you know that? You can ask Manny what his name of the song now. I'm letting Manny participate, being a kind host. It's Jailbird. There you go. Classic. Okay, number four. (laughs) Crazy women mess your head. Wake up drunk and bleeding in some strange bed. Well, that's a pretty much game. Yeah, well, you, you, you... Say it so confidently, but I bet you still can't tell us the name of the song. But this man. Okay, all right. It's only for a bonus point, but you're right. You're I'm right. Being nice. I'm being gentlemanly, and I'm allowing my, uh, my lovely guest Manny to uh, answer that for me. Well, you're right. That's four out of four, Manny. Can you name the song? It's Country Girl All Day Long. It is Country Girl All Day Long. So uh, to make it a whitewash, Mark, let's do the last I'm one. Happy with that. Four. Too much to take, some cross to bear. I'm hiding in the trees with a picnic. She's over there. Stone Roses. He's done it again, Matthew. He spawned it again somehow. He's gone to the old alternate alternate (laughs) answers each way, each time, just like his penalty technique. So uh, you're not... You're obviously not going to give us the name in the song, so we'll turn to our expert, Manny. It's a joint effort. It is a joint effort. Manny will tell you... That's Love's Friends, man. It, it is, is, yeah. Classic. Uh, fair play. You both, you yeah, both got that right. But that's kind of poignant because there's not enough love from you two getting spread <laughs> at all. <laughs> Manny, before we move on, um, I just wanted to know, have you got a favourite lyric from any of the stuff that you've been involved in recording? Well, this is the ones obviously up there because United come out to it. Mersey Paradise was always one of my absolute stonking favourites of uh, the Roses. And the uh, scream have had so many wonderful things, but remember they had a sing- we'd done a single called Sometimes I Feel So Lonely, and uh, yeah. it was like a real slow ballad. And someone said Gordon Strachan used to walk around selling Park singing it on his own, man. <laughs> so I used to think that used to be a little grin, you know. And what about, um, again, you've played so many of your, your, your big hits, you know, for 25, 30 years, both bands. Is there any, you don't have to name them specifically, but are there any songs you think, oh, I don't really want to play that one again? I'm, I'm, because it's been so popular and you hear it all the time, people talk about it to you. Do you ever think, oh, I never, I never want to hear that song again, or I, I, I could, I could leave that song alone for a while when we're touring? Yes, there's lots of them. You know, uh, I suppose as a musician, you, you never, uh, never can be ultra 100% happy with what you've done. Very rare that happens, you know. You get into the realms of smugness then, you know, and no one likes a smug bastard, do they? But the songs, particularly on the second coming, which I don't care if I don't trip over them and bang my head on them on the street, you know, uh, they shall remain nameless for fear of insulting anybody. Or there's some howlers out there. Everyone's done them, you know. Like footballers have howling games. Musicians have howling games when he goes in the studio sometimes, you know. 
Yeah, I was I was wondering with the Rolling Stones, for example. Do you think they ever just say to themselves, "There's, you know, we we never have to play Satisfaction ever again"? But you know, they've been doing these songs for 60, 70 years near enough, and you know, you wonder just I don't know how they can just keep going doing that. It's called money, dear boy. Oh. That's how. It's going. <laughs> True enough. Someone said, someone once said, Mick Jagger dropped ten pence once, and when he bent down to pick it up, it hit him on the back of his fucking head. You know, so <laughs> he loves his cash. McClare's Mailbag. Well, we're going to kick off the mailbag this time with a question from someone familiar, Matthew. Yeah, indeed we do. It's another McClare on the show, and it's Liam McClare, someone we all know from doing the fabulous music for the show. Can't be asking uh, a question. question. No, he's not asking you a question. Will <laughs> not yet, anyway. Um, he's asking Manny, actually. He says, does Manny remember taking away the two people who were watching me at the Blue Cap Cafe open mic as they joined him for a cigarette during my set, leaving me to play to an empty room? <laughs> I do remember it, Liam. Sorry about that one, Manny. I owe you to pay for that. <laughs> yeah, that was that was my little hangout, the Blue Cap. I just found a corner from where I live. And uh, I was always going to just go and see lo- local uh, kids getting up, doing a bit of live thing and all that. Oh, Liam's good at it, man. He's good. Fortunately, it wasn't completely and utterly devastated and scabbed by that event, Manny, didn't they? Oh, that, I can never be <laughs> you, left, you and two friends have left to disappear out and go, this is shit, man, let's go for a fag, you know? I, I, I wonder what it was I was taking out to smoke as well, but who knows? <laughs> no comment. Yeah, like Brian says, it obviously didn't do him too much. It's all character building, isn't it? When you play it in the two men and a dog and, and, and two of them and the dog have all got it on the guest list and there's no money being there, and then you know about sufferance, man. So, Andrew McCarran, he asked a topical one, and this one is for you, Brian. He says, what's it like to be picked for Scotland for a European Championship squad? And why were you given the number six squad number? And I think he's referring to, obviously, the Euro 92 Championships in Sweden. Um, yeah, I think I was, I was really pleased to be involved in that Championship. Yeah, particularly because I'd missed out on the, uh, the the major championship before, and which was the Italian ninety that Scotland would qualify for, and I thought that being when I got left out from that, I didn't think I would uh, represent uh, Scotland ever again. Uh, but I was, but but clearly that worked out quite well, and it was it was great to be involved in the great tournament. I think that, that Scotland did very well, and I'm hoping that that gets uh, replicated. The uh, this uh, in the next couple couple of weeks, number six. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure. I think that Andy Roxford, uh, who's a, the manager, had always had some some eye, quaint ideas at times about um, what you would do with with football. Um, and I think that rather than upset people, I think it was the time of yeah, it would have been yeah because there was there was squad numbers then. So rather than than have a fight over particular numbers because people would have a because they came from lots of different clubs would have their own their own ship number that they would they would uh, they would probably like to choose I think I think he picked on age so I think that's apart from goalkeepers I think he picked on all, all the other numbers were based on what, what your date of birth was so I what do you what you, you were the sixth oldest player in that squad is that oh. I think yeah yes I think so I, I'm not there was, there was something along those lines anyway, but I, I was never, numbers for me were never, a, never an issue at all. You know, just happy to, well, when I first started, I was happy to be in from two to 11. That's all that mattered. 
<laughs> but you say that though. I mean, I, I think off the top of my head, I don't recall you ever wearing anything other than the nine at United. That's it. You're a substitute. So I mean, that, that's that's some. Oh, I was thirteen. Well, uh, yeah, but in the days before the squad. squad oh, no, 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 and and at Celtic though, I, you didn't have that. I didn't when I played. It was. Well, I, you, I've, I've seen you playing for Celtic with the seven. I think. Yeah, it was on your short, on your shorts, wasn't it? But I also played played eleven, but in the in those four years. Uh, Eleven was, I think, nearly always was nearly always Tommy Burns. I think, but I, I don't think I was ever ever played nine. For don't recall ever playing nine, but it didn't matter. I, was, I just wanted to be on the pitch yeah. from the start of the game, and I wanted to, to be on the pitch at the end of the game as well. So, talking of that Scotland squad, <clears throat> I think I'd say that you you could consider yourself to be a bit unlucky with your um. Your Scotland career. I mean, for someone that scored as many goals as you did for Celtic and United, you know, you missed out in Mexico '86. You missed out Italy '90. I mean, is that something that ever crossed your mind, or did you just get on with it? And you just—I mean, obviously, there was a lot of competition around at the time. '86. I hadn't been involved in the Scotland squad then, but I knew that, that as a young player that, that Jocks yeah, quite liked me. So I think that I like to think that uh, there was a possibility I could have gone to Mexico. Uh, 90 was I was disappointed about, it, but that's all part and parcel of, of what football is about. You know, it's it's yeah. I didn't. You, there's only one person you need to please, and that that's the the coach of uh, of a team you're participating in. And I, I haven't done enough to uh, to merit a place in that, in that squad. I, I came back in after the after the um, World Cup, and I say I went to to Sweden. Uh, so that when I, I always relate it back to my name might have done the same, or, or, you, you know, and various other people. When you, when I'm wandering about as a, a 13, 14 year old kid going to school and I'm dreaming about being a football player, uh, and then you get to the situation where I'm now looking back on that, there's there's, there's no way I got anywhere near those daydreams. I, if if it was if I'm standing here and I go back and tell my 15 year old self what I'd have done in football. In life and not in, in the things the, the experiences I've had and the people I've met, they would have been you know mocking you and laughing at you, you know and yeah you're very good you know so I just wanted to play um, and I, I did much more than than any of those dreams so I, I'm really pleased with it. and part of the thing is about is that something you need to get disappointments at the time the manager said the Liam's question there about that sometimes it's a it's something to do with a challenge to you, you know. You say, well, you know, well, I'm going to show you that I'm, I'm, I'm still playing, and I'm like, you can either, you can either accept it and then you fade away, or rise to the, or rise to that. And I always felt that I, that I took things on board and I rose to it. And then when you get to in your your fifties, you get a lot more casual about it and a lot more philosophical about about what happened in your life, you know, and really. When you, if you look at it in detail, it's, it's down to what, what you did, you know. It's down to really what you did, what are the impressions are. Whether that was just to, to do with playing or whether that was to do with how I uh, performed or lack of performances in training or whether they felt that I was too mischievous. Didn't, I, I don't really know what the answer to that was, but um, I don't hold any... Um, I have no regrets about it because that's just the way that I... I I lived and that's what I did. So I wouldn't have changed any of it to, to say that I had played in the World Cup. Um, I'm, I'm, I was pleased to be involved in, in, a, in a group of players that qualified for the World Cup, although they didn't go to the finals. It gave me some more days off. 
the gaffer was pleased about it because he got a lot more rest. So, yeah, I just think it's funny because you know the man that took Scotland to Mexico '86, obviously Alex Ferguson, after Jock Steen's death, and uh, a year later he signed you as, your, as the first as his first signing for United. So you must have been on his radar, but obviously just not at that time. Well, no, no, not for not not for that group of players. No, I'm, I'm, I mean, if he gave me a choice, I would have rather have uh, signed for United than I did than go to Mexico. Yeah, wise move. Yeah, we'll call it a day there. Um, Manny, really, really good of you to drop in and chat with us. It's been a pleasure. Absolute pleasure to do it, man. Uh, Chucky Aston, he gets it, man. There you go. That's it. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Have you got any plans for the summer and beyond, you know, touring, etc.? Uh, no touring. Uh, just hopefully I'll be able to take my kids away somewhere for a couple of weeks, man. That is Manchester, you know. We'll see. I'm off for my second vax next week, so uh, see if that frees me up to be able to do anything. Excellent. Chucky, Matthew, thanks as always to you two. No problem. Always a pleasure. And uh, Manny, that was wonderful. Thanks very much for taking the time out to have a reach out. Enjoying it. Like I said, I'll talk nonsense on a range of subjects, Brian. Thanks to you lot for hanging out with us as well. Um, here's the usual shout out for our Twitter account, which is at Brian McClare Pod. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe wherever you're getting your podcasts from. Uh, we'll be back again soon. So we'll see you then. Life with Brian. Life with Brian. Talking films or music, laugh with Brian, talking TV and food, laugh with Brian, talking trivia and exercise, laugh with Brian, it's different every episode, laugh with Brian, talking politics and football, laugh with Brian, it's different every episode, laugh with Brian, laugh with Brian. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.